Welcome back to this week's edition of Men of the Machine. I am Kevin, and today we are jumping right back in where we left off, talking about Hunter Hunter, the story, the characters, the plot, the whole kit and caboodle that makes up the show that I both love and hate, and you all should give a moment of your time. So, uh, without further ado, let's get right back into it. We'll let DJ pick up where we left off. Enjoy. Oh, there we go. All, All right. right, so we are back from a brief hiatus. Got some food, got yeah. some conversation, got some ideology going. Good to have a hiatus in the middle of Hunter Hunter. Right, it's natural to how this stuff's supposed to go. So when we last left off, we were talking about the main character's mentor and father figure who saved him when he was a child and inspired him to try and become and be what he's going to be and gives up an arm for him. And wait, we're not talking about One Piece, are we? (laughs) Yes, maybe, a little bit. I never thought about that. I think you said it, but... Did you know that Kite and Shanks have the same voice actor? I didn't, and that's really (laughs) stupid, and I don't like it. Um, (laughs) I don't know if it was intentional. I mean, sometimes you just hire a guy and they audition for the role, and they're the best. But that is the case. Wow. Okay, well, yeah, I didn't know that. That's really awesome. Uh, Yes, we were talking about Kite, uh, and how... So the the manga does it differently from the anime, and it does it a little better, but that's okay. Um, It sets it up way earlier, uh, as in at the very beginning of the manga, as opposed to the beginning of the arc. But it still plays all right. Um, Basically, what happens is uh, Kite is has no choice but to start investigating this chimera ant uh, uh, big issue that has started to unfold over there because they find a claw. And they're like, oh, this is this is freaking chim- chimera It's huge. Yeah, it's gigantic. And he's like, that means they've gotten X far. Like, they they have to have evolved. At least that far. Right. And so he's like, well, you little pieces of dirt showed up here, so you're coming with me. Um, and he takes them, and they start investigating. You get a couple cool... Uh, uh, insights into how the Chimera Ants are evolving, and they're starting to gather more humans for the queen to eat, as she talks about getting for the king. The royal guard needs to be born still at this point. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see what I personally don't like, but I understand why people love, a lot of different versions of what can come from a Chimera Ant, depending on what the queen eats. You're yes. talking alligator people, people, cheetah people, you're talking bunny uh, bird people. You're talking uh, uh, lions and, and scorpions and spiders. The, and... For the most part, mm-hmm. all of the chimera ants have some feature that's vaguely insectoid. Yes, or animal. Oh, yeah, not even insectoid because, like, the oh no, the alligator had insect feet. Yes, they they always have something, some characteristic about them to make. To remind you that they're insects. It's usually a joint. Sometimes it's very downplayed. Yeah, yeah. they'll have like segmented joints or... Uh, like a shell part, an exoskeleton like part. Weird hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the hands are a big one that look like the queen's hands with the little pincers on the end of them and mm. stuff. Um, and you start to get more of that. And at first it was very jarring, um, but they explain it in a way that the chimera ants are A, not selective. They're taking everything. Now that they've gotten to the size where they can eat anything... They're taking what they can get. They prefer humans. Right. But they'll take what they can get. Right. So that's where you get all these, like, different versions of what they are. And they discover Nen in a kind of absolutely bullshit terrible way. 
I'll let you tell it. Sure. So one of them, uh, it, so they, they have this whole hierarchy, which yep. gets explained by these ecologist characters that really don't matter. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, they don't matter at all. It's such an offhanded thing that's just like, yep, here they go. Uh, they, they're, they're mutating cool here's some, here's some characters. Yeah. We're not going to use them. <laughs> yeah. That's a very Togashi move. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Um, but anyway, they... Uh, so they have this structure where they have like the soldier ants at the bottom. Mm-hmm. They they are the ones who are responsible for both defending the colony and going out and getting food. Yeah, uh, and, and running a group uh, to get the food. Uh huh. There's the squad leaders that run the soldiers, mm-hmm. and like there's one squad leader for every few hundred soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know next up from the squad leaders would be the royal guard. Mm-hmm. There are only three royal guards in this case. Mm-hmm. They report directly to the queen until the king is born, and then they switch their loyalty to the king. Yep. And the squad leaders and soldiers still remain loyal to the queen. Yep. The king goes out to found a new colony with his royal guards protecting him. Yep. He'll find a queen of whatever species he chooses to copulate with and moving on. Yep. And he'll start a new colony, and eventually this is how the colonies propagate. Yeah. Um, so the one of the, the soldier ants is an ant named Ramot, who is a... Weird bird rabbit hybrid. Yeah, bunny bird man. Yeah, uh, and he so so, kite and Killua and Gone have gone into the NGL to investigate this, mm-hmm. and you know Killua or kite's kind of like you know, you guys. Uh, I know you're hunters now. I I appreciate that, but I got you guys got to show me what you're made of because this is we're we're in real shit now. These things don't care if you live or die. So. Right. I can't have you holding me back, and if you can't handle it here, then I'm going to need you to go home. You know, I I can't be babysitting you guys while I'm trying to deal with it. Right. Deal with this. So he has them fight. He has Gon and Killua fight Ramot by themselves, mm-hmm. and Gon then punches him with his trademark technique, his Jonken. Yeah, rock paper scissors, rock form. <laughs> As an aside, I remember like one of those PlayStation demo discs that they were talking about, like Dead or Alive Two, mm-hmm. and the the guy who made it's like you know there's like a a counter grab and. Uh, attack system that mm-hmm. it's like it meant to work like rock paper scissors and the very american narrator who is translating for him is like we made it like the japanese game of jenkin or <laughs> yeah. rock paper scissors and i'm like oh no oh dear that that hurts me a little yeah they got it under control so yeah gone has a rock paper scissors based and then power yeah where rock is a straight punch that hits really hard yeah. scissors is a slashing attack and Cuts. paper is a projectile yep and you don't know what he's going to throw at you till he throws it out. Mm-hmm. So if you um if you predict the wrong one, you might get fucked up. And the ga- and the show does set the precedence of this by having multiple high stakes rock paper scissors moments. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it's it, it it makes sense for why he would like see that and be like, wow, that's cool. It's also a very childish power. Gollum yeah. is a kid. He likes games. Yeah. His power is a game. Uh, and he punches the shit out of Bird Bunny Man. The bird doesn't die because Colt saves him and flies him back. Colt is like the lead squad leader. At the time, yeah. He's the first squad leader to be born. Yep, of human. Of of a human. And when he gets back to the... the, uh, This is a good time to point out that the squad leaders all have different ideals of what it means to... To serve, some because of them, as they as they are getting more human, they start to discover the concept of individuality, which is yeah. not something the ants had before. And they do point that out to their credit in the show. They talk about how like this is the dangerous part of humans, 
um, and why it doesn't work with our thing. And then certain uh, ants want to go do this, do that. Some are killing for fun. Some are just like running away for the hell of it. Um, and that's why the bird bunny man was just going to fight these guys as opposed to try to take them uh, to, for food. And when he wakes up, He's so pissed off, he just starts screaming Goku style, and his aura blasts out of him. And he's like, oh, I feel strong. So, yes, you say that this is stupid. because This they, is dumb as They fuck. discover Nen by getting hit by Nen, and then oh, they... no, so discovering it, I'm going to say, well, yes, they, you were hit by it. They discover that it's like a power. They don't really know yeah. what Nen is or how it works. And so they discover it by getting the shit kicked out of them and getting so mad that the natural response of their body is to just fucking let go. Mm-hmm. The way they pass it on, however? Well, at first, you know, Cult is like, you got hit with this. Maybe if you hit me with it, I can... Uh, I can awaken it. Yeah. And so he does. He's like, oh, you mean punch you? You've been a dickbag to me since I was born? Yeah, all right. I'll punch the hell out of you. Colt Colt is Ramot's squad leader and who's been telling him like, hey, you can't just cut loose. You got to. And so Ramot's had a problem with Colt for a while. He punches him real hard. And uh, Ramot has like the only one with this power so far is like, I'm going to use this and overthrow the king and then I'll or the queen and then yeah. I'll be the king. And at this point, the first royal guard hatchet is uh, and is like, nah, bitch. Yeah. P2. Yep. Never Pito. Oh, that's her full name. Right. Yep. Uh, and they, we have to be careful about this because right. Pito right. is very feminine looking. Mm-hmm. The anime never uses pronouns for Pito. Mm-hmm. The manga uses male pronouns for Pito, and the mm-hmm. author has said that yeah, Pito's male. Okay. Um, there, but there's been other like spinoffs. There's like a phone game, and Pito is referred to with female pronouns in the phone game. And gotcha. So it's it's very ambiguous. Honestly, the concept of gender doesn't seem to matter very much to the ants at all. Anyway, no, especially and, the uh, uh, the the royal guard who have no purpose for breeding at all. Their entire yep, goal they, is just they, service. They serve the king. Yeah. Um, but in in line with the show, I think we'll try to use neutral pronouns. Yeah, with I'm uh, cool with that. With Pito. Uh, so Pito shows up and has. Just amazing innate Nen potential yeah. already. Her aura immediately, or their aura is immediately glowing throughout the kingdom. Everyone recognizes it. The 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 hunters and people are like, holy shit, where did that come from? And even Ramot's like, oh no, I was mistaken. Yeah. I have no business dealing yeah. with this. And here's how they pass on Nen. So, he punches Colt in the head. Colt goes flying and then stands up and is like, and it has his aura, and he, like, powers up, and he's like, oh, shit, this worked. Hey, I've got a great idea. Everybody, line up in single file and walk by as Ramot punches you one by one and unlocks your Nen. Well, they, they do set that up after Pito mind probes a hunter that they captured. Okay, sure. And they, they learn more about how Nen works. Right. And it is set up because in the Sky Arena arc... Mm-hmm. They, they get to a point where Gon and Killua have to learn Nen by, like, midnight. They have, like, four hours to, to learn Nen. Mm-hmm. And Wing says to them, normally, to learn Nen, you have to practice for months. Yeah. There is a way to pick it up quicker, but it's basically, I have to attack you with my Nen, and you have to survive it. Yeah. It's not a method that we like to use a lot, because against most people, mm-hmm. it can be lethal. And, and Nen is a biological feature that all humans have. You have, like, yeah pores in your body that open up 
And they even mentioned that a lot of the people at Heaven's Arena, they're basically Nen rejects who got to a certain point, mm-hmm. were attacked by Nen when they were not ready for it, and Failed. it disfigured them for life. Right. And so Wing ends up doing that to help awaken Gon and Killua's Nen. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they come out fine because yeah. they're the main characters. And they're also told by Wing they are one in ten million in terms of Nen potential. Mm-hmm. And he says to Zushi, like, you're one in a hundred thousand or something. He's like, yeah, you're basically nothing, but you're still pretty good. Just because Zushi needs a pick-me-up. Yeah, poor Zushi. I love Zushi. I'm I'm waiting for the day he shows back up. He's going to have a Kobe return. Yeah, I hope he's like Kobe where yeah. he comes back in that ass. Yeah, it would be great. Um, but, yeah, the so the ants, you know, they're built of automatically by default. They're just, you know, stronger than humans. They right. have... So passing on Nen through this method is easier for them. Sure, but in, in the way Wing does it is he sends his aura into them to open up their pores. The uh-huh. way they are, and I guess, yes, it's incidental because d- they don't understand that. They're just literally Nen punching. They're not but sending aura in. This is consistent with how the, the ants use Nen. While a lot of the ants do have amazing Nen potential, it mm-hmm. seems to be boosted by their own biology. Right. They don't really understand Nen in the way that other characters in the show do, and they mm. tend to be very brute force in their application of it. Their okay. idea of how to use Nen is to hit things with it as hard as they can and That's hope true. it doesn't get back up. Yeah. Some of them have slightly more sophisticated powers, but... That's over time. Even the, Yeah, even then, they're, they're the ones who would be really into studying humans and trying to figure it out. Yeah. Sometimes it's mentioned that the king or the royal guards will design powers for the other ones. Yeah, for Chitu is how, it is how they kind of... Chitu's super goddamn dumb, Le- too. Le- so. Leola? Leol? Leol. He's the one who's like, go, the guards will figure you out. Just go yep. go get it, because he doesn't have Nen at that point. And even the king, when we meet him, is not very sophisticated with his use of Nen. Yeah. It's mentioned that he has a lot of potential, mm-hmm. but he almost never falls back on Nen as his yeah. default. Um, and, and, and this all comes up when... Uh, so, like he said, there is a Nen user. He's from the first exam arc, uh, and his whole Nen is he just shoots Nen arrows, uh, aura arrows or whatever. And Pitu dissects his brain to get him to tell them everything there is to know about Nen, which this was a cool way to speed it up. This is a cool way to just be like him go, here it all is. It's also very fucked up and uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, it's really, like, because it shows the things in his head. A lot um, of body horror in the Chimera Antarc. Yeah, without a doubt. Um... And uh, all this comes from later. Pitu, when she's first born, shows up and she's standing there and Kite, or they're standing they. there, and Kite, Gone and Killer are all there and Kite underestimates her, so them. God, that's going to be tough. It is, it is. Just because all of our friends think they're so hot that they refuse to address them as they. The anime, the, ana, the anime also makes Pito look more feminine and yeah. sexy. Like, Pito has notable breasts in the anime which are not drawn in the manga. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, Pito shows up and they're standing there and uh, Kite underestimates them entirely and he turns back to tell Kilo and Gon, like, okay, get out of here. And when they do, Pito cuts his arm right off. Clean off. Yep. And then Gon starts to lose control Killua knocks him out, runs away, and a scene later you see P2 sitting on the ground cross-legged with Kite's head in their lap, in their lap, and it's really messed up, just sitting there stroking the hair, and uh, P2 makes the claim that they're going to bring Kite back to life because they want to play more. 
Yes. They want a, an, an Very opponent. much a cat toying with their food, because Pito is a cat. feline looking. Yeah. yeah. Mo- mostly cat. Yeah. Um, but with, like, weird segmented ant legs and pincer hands. Oh, my gosh. And their, their Nen power is awesome. From that moment, how Nen is, is a portrayal of your person, uh, it's shown that P2's Nen is Dr. Blythe. Yep. And Dr. Blythe can heal slash put together slash fix just about anything. Mm. And that is to bring Kite back. Dr. Blythe so. is basically the perfect surgeon. Yeah. But with the drawback that it doesn't, it is not faster than real surgery. Right. Right. And, and it uh, cannot do anything that real surgery can't. But it doesn't explain this right of way, right away. So in spite of the fact that you see Kite literally beheaded. Yeah. The anime strings along hope that there might be a way to get him back. Maybe yeah. the power brought him back to life somehow. Yeah. And they can fix him. And they and they show that when uh, Nove uh, act- manages to, uh, and Shoot, manage to get Kite out of the cave, lock him in the thing, and Gon goes up to see him and he punches Gon in the face and they explain, like, something about Kite's wrong. It is set on autopilot. It will attack if you get too close. No questions. That's just what it's going to do. And Gon's like, I'm sorry, I will defend you. And this is the start of Gon's turn downwards, his spiral. Because Gon very much believes, and as the audience, we are also strung along to believe it because Gon believes it so hard. Mm -hmm. In spite of the evidence in front of our faces that maybe, just maybe, there is some way to save Kite. Yeah, and it's going to be the guy getting P2 to fucking fix it. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, Gon is... In the zone, his entire character changes from then. From from that scene on, we don't get to see Gone again. Gone of the last hundred episodes is dead, and it's brutal. Um, he is very. He has a specific plan in mind. Everyone notices his nen. They even have a scene where um, uh, Meryl is like, "You really think you can come play with the ants? All right." He takes off his shirt, flexes really huge, and he's like, "Hit me, hit me as hard as you would hit me if I was the thing that did this to Kite." And Gon's face is like, boom. And he starts to charge up his punch. And Meryl's face gets all scared. And Killa was like, oh, no, he's going to kill him. And he goes up and puts his hand on Gon's shoulder and is like, it's okay. We're done here. And Meryl's like, okay. So, okay. I disagree that this is not the Gon from before. What? Gon, so, Gon has always been very goal-oriented. Yes, yes. Every In every arc, he starts with a goal that he wants to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And he deals with obstacles that get in between him and his goal as right. they come. In this arc, though, he has set a goal that we now, as the audience, know to be impossible. Mm-hmm. And he is single-mindedly fixated on the goal the same way he is in all the other arcs. But we have a different perspective on it because we know we know that it's not just the shonen thing of overcoming impossible odds. It is literally something impossible that he is striving for at this point. Right. And... Even more realistic people like Killua, he even mentions that it's kind of like a fault that Killua could have reined him back, but mm. chooses not to because he admires Gon's optimism so much. And just... That's true. Okay, that's fair. I concede to that. Um, but he still has a more serious tone to him, uh, mm. and, and the interims are not as light. But it is still the same. Um, and you also I do get... disagree with the notion that the, the this arc is so completely dark and out of oh. the field that it's completely different from the rest of the show. No, I, it's very because much in there, line. There are moments of fun mm-hmm. uh, because once you know now that they fled and Kite has been murdered. Yeah, they uh, Netero, who mm-hmm. we have not actually mentioned once yeah. yet, 
Uh, but he showed up in the Hunter exam. He's the chairman of the Hunter Association. Yep. He's this old guy who's kind of goofy. Very fun. They have a little fight with him going in Killua where they have to try and take a ball from him. Yeah. Just for fun, not part of the exam. Yeah. And he's really, really good at keeping this ball away. Uh, and Killua notices, actually they both notice, that he's only using one arm and one leg mm-hmm. in doing this and is not using the other one. And Killua's like... Okay, this guy is handicapping himself, and we're not even close. We're not. There's no way we can get and the ball from out. him. I give up. And yeah. Gon's like, "Yeah, I noticed that too. I've changed my goal from wanting to get the ball. I wanted to get him to use either the arm or leg. Yeah, I will make you use your other hand. I think he says or something uh-huh. like that. And Netero loves the challenge, and he's like, "Oh, okay, time to play." Yeah. So when they escape the NGL after running away from Pito, mm-hmm. uh. Netero approaches them with two other hunters, Nob and Moral. Mm-hmm. Moral's a big dude with a pipe, and mm-hmm. uh, Nob is a guy with glasses. Skinny businessman. And, you know, Killua, Gon's unconscious. Killua's like, we were so outmatched. I've never seen, like, a Nenora as strong as I saw there. There's no way I could ever beat them. And mm-hmm. Moral's just like, dude, if you size up an opponent and you think, and your thought is, I can't beat them, then you'll never beat them. Mm-hmm. And... The power of a Nenora means nothing if the, that person can't use it. So mm-hmm. a pe- person with weaker Nen can beat a person with a stronger potential. It happens all the time. Yeah, like, and this is actually a really good uh, when he says this to them because at this point, Killua has still been struggling with the ideal that Illumi is 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 fucking with him in a way that he's like, I can't beat Illumi. Yeah. Told Illumi him told him to run away if yeah. he doesn't. If he isn't sure, he can. If win. you're not certain you can win the fight, you're gonna run away. That's you as a person. That's why you won't fight me right here. He says in the exam, <laughs> and he's still struggling with that. And so for Moral to say it again is like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's stupid. Of course you can still win. Um, you get a, a training montage in this arc. Yeah. Netero where... Netero basically says, okay, if you want to come back, mm-hmm. uh, Moral and Nov's apprentices also want to come along, mm-hmm. but we don't think they're ready yet either. Mm-hmm. So here's what we do. We each gave them half of this token. Mm-hmm. You guys have the other half. If you can get them to give you mm-hmm. the half, then you can come back in here. You have one month to do it. Mm-hmm. If they get the other half, then they get to come here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you don't have a full token, aren't coming to the NGL. You're not on the Anton. And then you get uh, a, a really, this is probably the best training time of an arc i liked it a lot because you get bisky who was from the uh, yeah. greed island arc i want i want to make sure that everyone understands that bisky's full name is biscuit kruger of course sorry right <laughs> biscuit kruger shows up she is a older i think she said she's like 50 she's like in her 50s yeah um insanely powerful nen user and she's just kind of a jerk in a good way uh-huh. And she's basically Genkai. Yeah, yeah. She's show. almost exactly Genkai, <laughs> except she has a funny quirk where she looks like a little girl uh, because she is using her Nen to contain her true form. She's also yeah. She's super vain. Yeah. Uh, her her main Nen power is that she can manifest an, a masseuse that gives extremely good massages to heal to keep you, you faster. Useful and yeah. and she uses this to look younger, but in reality, her true form is like. Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 90s. Yeah. She still doesn't look old, uh, right. even in her true form, but she is a big buff lady. Super buff lady. <laughs> um, but she does a training thing with them where they have to constantly fight these new characters named Knuckle and Shoot. Um, and there's a woman named Palm there leading it along uh, who is Palm, very murderous. Palm and Knuckle are Morel's apprentices, and Shoot is Nov's apprentice. 
Oh, shoot is Knob's Apprentice. I yep. thought it was Knuckle and Shoot and then Palm. No, Palm okay. and Morel are both, uh, or Palm and Knuckle are both Morel's. Uh, Morel's Apprentice. But Palm isn't involved in the whole fight thing. Mm-hmm. Basically, she gets to go along if... Knuckle gets if hit. if Knuckle get yeah. if Knuckle loses. So, so she wants she wants Gon and Killua to be able to beat Knuckle. <laughs> so they're training every day, getting stronger. Like one of the training things is you have to hold your aura for two hours straight, and that's apparently like insanely hard to do. Mm-hmm. And they do it, and yada yada, and you get stronger, and they have to keep fighting, and you get yeah, every day they go back to fight Knuckle. Yeah, Shoot is basically just hiding because he's kind of cowardly. He's very which, scared. As it, as it turns out, the students are very similar to their masters. Yeah. Where Moral is an outwardly big, tough-looking guy mm. who's really kind of a softy at heart. Yeah. And that's the same with both Knuckle and Palm, really. Yeah, Knuckle's big uh, uh, crutch is he uh, cares too much and loves too much. So, like, animals are a big crutch for him. If he finds out you're a good person, he's like, well, I, I can't fight you now. Like, this is the end <laughs> yeah. of this. Um, and the fights are really cool. You learn a very silly but awesome Nen power in uh, Chapter 7 Bankruptcy. Yeah, APR. <laughs> yeah, it's it takes an entire episode to explain banks. But, no, I love how it is. It's because good. This is, so the way power, the power works is that when Knuckle punches you, he transfers some of his aura to you. Mm-hmm. And you get a little floating gremlin named APR. Yep. Who uh, who floats around you, and every ten seconds he exponentially compounds the interest on your Nen debt. Yeah. If that Nen debt hits your total Nen potential number, you can't use Nen for thirty days. Yep, it's enter Chapter Seven bankruptcy. It's really silly, but it's very but, fun. So he explains this all in a big monologue, which hurts Gone because Gone is bad at math. Yep. But it is also a stalling tactic to make the APR counter yep. tick up. And it makes a point of showing that it had been ticking up throughout yeah. the entire monologue. And he tries to do that with everyone he fights later in the arc. Like, whenever he puts it on you, he decides to take and try to explain it. It just so happens the Chimera Ants don't have time for that and yeah. they don't care. I thought it was a really funny, like, way of playing the whole yeah. Shonen power over explanation thing. It, it was... I really like, I especially love the little creature, but it's fun. Um, and I like the, the drawback on it. The condition is if the person hits you, uh, they give aura back. So that pays their debt. Um, mm. So that, that all keeps working. They keep training. And this is where Killua learns like the big secret. Illumi put a needle in his head that was controlling his thoughts. Mm. And he removes it finally. He, well, he doesn't overcome it yet. He actually, they actually, in the end, Lose to Knuckle Oh, okay, right. Yep. They do lose. Uh, Gong gets... Gong can't actually land enough of a hit on him to mm-hmm. beat Chapter 7 Bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So he gets he gets put 30 days in end debt. Mm-hmm. And uh, Killua can't overcome his fear. He doesn't quite understand Shoot's power. Mm-hmm. And that puts him on his back foot. And though, even though if Killua had actually been able to fight Shoot all the way, he would have definitely beaten him. Right. Shoot isn't that good of a fighter right but because he doesn't understand it it freaks him out puts him on his back foot and shoot beats him yeah and he gets scared he keeps going through his head hearing alumi's voice and he keeps realizing i can't do this and bisky told him going into that last fight if you don't win and you don't give this your all then you need to leave gone forever because when the going gets rough you're gonna get the fuck out of there yeah and, and you'll leave gone to die yeah and kill uh, struggling with this and Killua makes the cl- he says okay you're right and he is ready to leave gone when he ends that fight and then uh it's in it's when he's fighting an ant that he removes the the needle it's ramat yeah yeah it's when he was fighting ramat he removes the needle and he realizes like ah shit illumi must have put this there and then he fights open yeah because so while they were doing this whole training Mm -hmm. 
Netero, Moral, and Nav were running like a guerrilla war against the ants in the NGL. Picking them off because Nav can make portals to a special place, and in that special place was Netero training by killing them. And Moral can uh, can manipulate smoke. He can blow smoke out of his giant pipe. Mm-hmm. He can form it into like little soldiers that will go and they'll deep scout for purple. him. Yep, deep purple. <laughs> Just pretty freaking good. And he can, you know, just do general things like make smoke screens. He can make a, a smoke barrier that works like a solid wall. Uh, smoke jail. Yep. Yep. Smoke jail is awesome. So they they'd like use the smoke to uh, to like confuse and separate the ants, and then Nov would pull them into the portals. Yeah. And Netero would be waiting in the portals, and he'd just fuck them up. He's just training. Yeah. He's just getting into his zone. Uh, he does that a lot. And actually, one good point of foreshadowing is, uh, Colt. Uh, he he. So when the king is born, it kills the queen. Yep. And Colt sees all this, and he's like, "Holy shit! What is this? I'm scared." And when the king finally decides to leave, and the royal guard leaves with him after killing two ants, which was awesome, killed two of the most annoying ants. Yep. Um. After he leaves, uh, Colt uh goes to the queen. He's like, "I will save you." He flies a, um, uh, uh what do you call it when you a white flag? Yeah, yeah. Uh, forfeit. He surrenders. And he goes to them, and they talk it over for a little bit, and they help him try to save the queen. The queen dies, unfortunately, but inside the queen is a baby, like a human baby. Technically the king's twin. Yeah, yeah, technically the king's twin. Uh, And Colt's like, all right, I'll save you. And Netero, while talking with Colt before all that, he says, you know, you saw the king. How is he? And he's like, you don't understand how powerful the king is, his aura, yada, blah, blah, blah. And Netero goes, huh, well... You know, I'm not on top of my game. I need to stretch a little bit, but how does this look? And Netero flashes the most, like, ridiculous aura we've seen in the show yet, and Colt's like, it's not enough. And Netero's like, oh, all right, fun, all right. That sounds like it'll be fun then. Yeah, yeah, I gotta practice a little bit, Um, which was just insanely ridiculous setup. Um, But so that's... Oh, Netero does make the... So with the queen dead, all mm-hmm. of the the squad leaders basic like the colony disperses. Yeah, the squad leaders all can become potential kings now. Yeah, so they all kind of live go off to do their own. This thing. is the uh, Water Seven train to Ennis Lobby moment. Yeah, this is the the break in the middle where everything starts to um, spread out. Colt swears to uh, to raise the baby and live the rest of his life as a human yeah. and stay out of the rest of it. And he, and so he does. Yeah. Colt is out of the ark. Yeah, that's it. Really bums me out. It's a it's true to Colt. He's his character comes from a little kid whose entire purpose was to defend his sister. So he has that like honor code of protection in him. Mm-hmm. So so it works. He thinks that the twin is his sister. As it's going to turn out, it is not. Right. Right. And that was good. I, I wish we had seen more Colt, especially I wish we had seen his Nen because he was the first per- first ant to unlock it after the Bunny Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. It was still good. So now this is no longer an NGL issue because right. the king has left to start his own colony yep. with the royal guards. Okay. And the other soldier ants have also left in different directions to go start their own colony or do whatever they want because they all kind of have different goals as to what yeah. they want. Yeah, most of them are looking to become kings, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. Um, or queens, I guess, because the scorpion lady goes yep. to Meteor City. She goes to Meteor City, which was a mistake for her. The Phantom Troops home base is Meteor City. Yep. They all decide after York News fucking disaster of an ending, all right, we're going home, and she's unfortunately there to meet them, and they... It shows off, I am very happy it brought the troop back. It shows some of the coolest powers. It shows characters that didn't even get a chance to shine in York New, like the the guy who's wrapped up. 
the, mm-hmm. the troop member. It gets to show them. His gets, power is super cool. His power is awesome. It shows Super Saiyan Boy. Uh, it shows uh, Satan. Vaten? Phaeton. Phaeton. It shows his power where he summons the power of the sun, uh, which is freaking awesome. He's the Capri Sun, man. He literally... No, Sunny D. Oh, yeah. Harness the power of the sun. You're right, you're right. Um, He's not the purple stuff. It's it's, it's one episode long, or technically two. It's a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. with the lead-in and the goodbye, but it's really one episode that shows you the majority of it, and it's, it's just cool to see the troop do more than you know, run the job that a boss is... Like, they're just defending their home, mm-hmm. and it shows that their strength we didn't get to see yet. Like, yeah, York knew they fucked shit up, but they didn't win by strength, and they didn't lose by strength. They lost because of a technicality, a red card on the field. So now that they're in Meteor City and someone's threatening their house, they are they don't even go full strength. They actually point that out over and over again. When um, Head Snapper guy is watching Phaetan get punched around, he's like, guys, this isn't even... Come on. Are we really... What took you so long? Like, come on. And then he it's goes... It's a to super use, fun couple of episodes. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, he's going to use his power. We should probably get the fuck out of here. Like, it's not... It sets the stage that Phantom Troop in the future could continue to be, like, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Bigger than, like, King and the Royal Guards. Like, this could be a big deal. Well, as much as it sets up the York New to be the arc where the good guys fight the Phantom Troop, that is not what it is at no, all. No. The Phantom Troop is there doing stuff, and the good guys are there doing stuff. Yeah. But they never really fight each other, aside from Karapika having one fight against them. Right, right. It just kind of moves past it. Uh, so anyways, all the people disperse. Uh, we get our fun Meteor City moment. Uh, and then we see what the king's actually up to, and it's that uh, he took over for Kim Jong Un. Uh, yeah. They they puppet. They go to the neighboring country, North Korea. Yep. They which is. They I'm do, not. We're not even kidding. This is very transparently no, North they Korea. They talk about the policies of the place. They talk about how it's all run via like a propaganda state with like lockdown information. The the leader even kind of looks like Kim Jong. Yeah. The the people probably Kim Jong Il at the time it was made. Yeah. But they both look the same. Really. Yeah, so they're very. And, the, uh, the family resemblance is strong with the two of them. And during all this, the plan is set into motion that they are going to just start the Meruem is searching for the right food and it turns out that the right food is a nen user's brain that's what he, that's what tastes good and satisfies yeah, he, him. It tur- so when the king is born much like the other ants he's literally a baby yeah. all he knows is one i'm the most powerful being in the world and i deserve to rule it yep and two humans are food and i'm hungry. but all of the humans that the royal guards are bringing me taste like shit yeah but i heard that there's some Every now and then, when I was in the womb, I can remember being in the womb because I am a superior being. Of course. Occasionally, there would be a rare human that tastes much better than other humans. I need to find some of those. Yeah. And, yeah, Pito's like, oh, Nen users. All right, yeah, well. We know exactly what you're after. And I can't remember who they bring him. He eats them in, it's one of the guards in the. One of the guards in the the palace of East Gorto is the country. Yeah. And he eats him and he's like, this is it. So they come up with a plan. And the plan is... They are going to get take control over Kim yep. Jong with Neferpitu's uh, puppet abilities. Yep. And they are going to do a mass, what do they call it? A mass... Um, selection. Selection, where everyone comes to the capital and you will be selected by, by the ruler to be, like, you know, fit for whatever. It's all a ruse. Yeah. What they're actually doing is going to eat the best ones they're, and they're turn the rest... They're going to find end users and yeah. eat them. And yeah. turn the rest into soldiers. Yep. They're, they're gonna they're gonna bang them and that's make a big like they they plan to make like a big cattle farm of Nen users and that is the rest of aside from what we'll talk about in a minute that is the rest of the king and the royal guards for like three weeks 
Basically, during all of Gon's 30 days of, of bankruptcy. Well, yeah, because the king is very intentionally laying low. Yeah. He's puppeteering... He, like, nobody knows that the king has overthrown this country. Right. Because he's puppeteering the leader of the country to make it look like everything's still normal. Right. Meanwhile, the soldier ants and the squad leaders are all going out and causing chaos, so... Yeah. For now, the heroes are occupied with trying to make sure that they don't do that. And and a lot of them get roped in by the king and the royal guards because of how goddamn powerful they are. They're not yeah, Some of them scared. are like, I have no idea what to do at this point, yeah. so I'm just going to follow the king. Which is the right hope call. That he'll take, hope that he'll take us in. You have Leol, who's yep. also known as Hagia, but he changes his name to Leol now yep. that he's independent. And he's the one who's going to uh, basically... Pull a coup d'etat yeah. and His whole plan is that he's going to get close to the king and then eventually overthrow him. Yeah. Um, which doesn't work out because he goes face-to-face -face with Mor Moral. Uh, spoiler alert, Moral's way stronger, and Leol just barely understood what he was doing in the first place. Yeah, Leol's Nen power kind of sucks. It's like Krolo's power, but if Krolo's power was shitty. Yeah, it's exactly like that. He can only use it for an hour. The other person still gets to use it and live. Like, he has to have it on his phone. In fact, they have to live. Yeah, if to they die, it. it's gone. It's one of those scenarios of... He only gets to keep it for exactly an hour. Yeah. It's one of those things where they they are learning that they have it, but they are not learning how to utilize it. Mm -hmm. um, which is shown by Chitu, who... Chitu has the worst power. Yeah, Leo... But it's, it's hilarious how bad this power is. Chitu, for a few episodes, has been on the run, because he's a, a cheetah, and he's faster than anything. He doesn't even seem to be particularly interested in starting a colony. He just wants to have fun. Yeah, he's just having a time. The problem is, now that the hunters are coming in and the royal guards are coming in, he's like, ah, shit's kind of popping off, and I don't know what to do, and Leo's like, hey, just go to the guards, they'll give you some Nen, we'll figure it out. Okay. He goes and does it, and he comes back, and he also squares up to Morel, and also gets the... Well, he doesn't die, but he gets the shit kicked out of him because he's just not smart enough. Yeah. I do want to describe this. Yeah. His power is that he can trap you in a little pocket uh, space, mm -hmm. uh, and you stay in there for eight hours. After eight hours are up, it doesn't really specify what happens, because nobody ever makes it to eight hours in there. Right. Um, but... During that eight hours, you can get out of that, but only if you tag Chitu. Yeah. It's literally a game of tag. However, there is nothing in there to incentivize you to actually tag Chitu, and the worst you get is an eight-hour timeout. That's that's how Morel figures him out. He takes a nap for five hours, and then while Chitu's distracted because he gets bored, he makes a Nen ghosty, uh, and then crawls away and touches him, and boom, he's out. Even worse... Because Chitu is so absurd of his speed, in order to make the jail absolutely unbreakable, he put the condition on it that if he ever does get tagged, he can never use the power again. Yep. So he's like, God damn it. And he's like, well, you know what? I'll go to the Royal Guards and I'll get a better power. Because <laughs> he doesn't understand Nen. So he just takes off and you don't see him again for a while. But I'm going to say his death right now because it's awesome. Yeah. At later point... Uh, uh, the Zoldic family is there because uh, the, Netero hired them. The grand, yeah, Netero brings uh, the grandfather in because the grandfather's power, which is summoning a massive dragon, um, is very useful for flying King away. That's literally the only reason he hires him. So the grandfather is walking away now. He did his job. He sends Netero and the king away. My, my job was to get the king away from the royal guards. That's yep. it. And so as he's walking, Chitu, with his new power, which we don't get to see yet, uh, says, ah, there's someone to test it on bolts down there and he's like prodding him he's like come on old man let me show you what i can do you're just it's your unlucky day and the grandfather's like 
are you really going to do this? Like, I'm just trying to leave. And he's like, nope, we're going to do it. And he's, so he says, what does he say? Look behind you. And she just like, what, you think I'm too stupid? You think I'm actually going to do that? And Silva falls from the sky, crushes his head into the dirt with his fist and stands up. And he's like, he really should have listened to you. And they walk <laughs> off into the sunset. Yeah. They're like, huh. Silva's like, did I go too far by killing him? We weren't hired to kill this guy. And Zeno's like, it eh. really doesn't matter. Yeah. He was bothering <laughs> Nobody me. Nobody cares. Yeah. It is a beautiful send-off to a character that that's how everyone watching it felt. Yeah. Just like, fuck it, he's dead, and Silva and Zeno are just going to walk away. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Oh, I hate Chitu. Um, but that's when we get a lot of um, like building for the king now. Yeah. Lots of building about how he's learning to use his brain. Because all we really get from Killua and Gon at this point is that Killua has resolved that he's going to leave Gon after the Nen bankruptcy is over. But yep. he'll stay with him until then. Yep. During this time, Rama attacks. And oh. Killua is, like, guarding Gon at this point. He knows that if Rama goes after Gon, Gon's dead. Yeah. Because he can't defend himself. He can't do anything. But Ramot now has Nen, and that scares Killua. Mm-hmm. And because Killua's scared, and because he has that uh, that mental block on him, mm-hmm. he wants to run from Ramot now. He starts to try to run many times, and he has that inner monologue of like, but realizes I that if he does, Gon's going to die. Yeah. And it's the mental hurdle that I will not give up on Gon that makes him realize wait a minute, this isn't just my brain, something's doing this. Doesn't really explain how he knows where it is, but that's not really important. I mean, every time Illumi uses his power to control someone, he puts the needle in their head. Yeah. So, so I think it's just kind of an educated guess, but he yep. he pulls it out and he's like, oh, oh, you piece of shit, Illumi. I can't believe you fucking had me on the ropes like this. And then he kills Rama instantly. Cuts his head off. Two seconds later, nothing stopping him from doing it, mm-hmm. um, which I actually said at the time, and we don't get to see it, unfortunately, but I'm like... They do it as a cool shot, because it's from Ramot's POV, yeah, and then his head just goes flying, and it... Yeah. Uh, is, is, if this is what Killa was like now, what can he do? And he's handicapped the rest of the arc, so we don't get to fully see it, but we still get to see a lot of good Killua stuff, mm-hmm. um, especially the expansion of his Nen. Let me say this. So, we gotta start speeding up a little bit. Okay. Um... I want to I want to talk about something I hated that I think you really liked and I need help understanding on why I should like it. So there's a scene. Ikal goes awesome. Love him. His introduction's really funny. His he, power doesn't make a ton of sense, but it doesn't need to. He's a very yeah. cool character. He's the speed wagon of the Sark. He's a chimera ant that turns to be a good guy. Yeah, and... he's a um, parasitic octopus whose yep. power is his arms turn into a gun and he shoots flea bullets that stop you from bleeding. They, they make you bleed or a lot. Or stop you from clotting. Yeah, so yep. you bleed a lot. Kind of a weird power. They never explain it. They don't need to. Chimera ants are crazy at this point. If he had been a, an early introduction, it would have been weirder. But because we've gotten a lot of evolution, that's fine. However, the moment that he's introduced and how it all works, Killua and him go down into a cave where he assumes Killua will fall into the water and die by a bunch of weird ant piranhas, uh-huh. um, which we never get. A, they just disappear, I guess. Um, actually, that's kind of upsetting me now that I'm thinking about it. Not the point. And Killua, you know, survives it, and he realizes that Ikalgo's just an octopus, and Ikalgo's not strong enough to fight 1v1, um, but that's where it comes in. Ikalgo tags him with a badge, and uh, with this badge... No, Ikalgo doesn't tag him with a badge. One of the piranha things... Jumps out, out and does it? Tags okay. Him with it. Yeah. Tags him with a badge, and this is where it starts a one-episode little mini-fight. 
there's these two fish people yep. in a bar. It's a Nen bar, but it's a bar. Mm-hmm. And he's playing darts. And wherever the dart lands, it instantly manifests a dart on Killua in that location. Yep. Um, now, the hubris is what gets the downfall of them and why Killua wins, as, as well as the uh, evolution of Killua's power, which is awesome, and mm-hmm. I'll get there. But the power itself is fucking stupid. The condition around it is ridiculous. The ideal that they could think of it is so far-fetched. I hate that scene. That episode is is just, it feels so out of place to me. It feels like a filler arc episode. Well, it's not. It, but. it is kind of out of place. I will say this, though. A lot of the powers that people learn directly from the king yeah. are game-related. Yes, for sure. I can't, I can't say that's not true. But, like, the ability to make a Nen bar and a dartboard with it reflecting on you. But I don't think the bar is actually a Nen bar. I it's a real bar? It is it? an actual bar that they made in this cave. That okay, let's give them in. the benefit of that doubt. I don't know if that helps, but whatever. And but the power is... I think the power is basically you just need a dartboard. Yeah. And if you do that, he throws Nen darts at yeah. the dartboard, uh, and then whatever target has the button on them, they will take damage from where. And the, 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 the button the is the girl's Nen. Yes. The dartboard is his Nen. And... It's really stupid, and it kind of took me out of Chimera Ant for a minute, aside from the fact that Killua almost died. But it's redeemed in the last second, because Killua does the coolest shit he ever does, and he uses this power a lot going forward, and it's awesome. Well, he figures out that they're playing a game of 501. Right. So he figures out where they have to shoot to close out the game, uh, and then using his, his Nen, which... It's electricity is the power yeah. he's developed. He turns his aura into electricity, which is incredible. Yep. Uh, and he uses that to basically supercharge his nerves mm-hmm. so that he can instantly and reflexively, as soon as the dart like begins to... Ma- as soon as he feels that dart yeah. just a little bit, snap his hands up to catch it. Yeah. No, his fingers. Remember, yep. he even said, I had to put my hand there. I knew you were playing 501. I knew this was going to be your final point with the point. Like, I counted while you were doing it, yep. and I waited. Um, and there's actually a fun call out in the election arc where it shows young Kilowatt, like four year olds, just hitting bullseyes. Yep. And I thought that was really cool. So yeah, he, he knows how to play darts. Yeah, he loves darts. Um, that made it okay for me. Those two random fish ants that are just down there waiting for the trap, okay. The dart mixed with the tag that the two of them combine because they're lovers, I guess, even though they're brother and sister. Okay. The bar that's down in the cave. Okay, like it was just so much weirdness, but it worked, I guess. It worked. It was a fun power, and it was one of those ones where you could figure out the solution before the author tells you. Right, that I'll give it that. Um, But yeah, we never get any expansion on what happened to those random piranha fish boys down there. They just I suppose it doesn't matter. They're pretty much confirmed confined to an underground lake. Yeah, who cares about them? Um, And so that's a really cool way of showing Killua's power. Uh, grow and and he uses his lightning aura in a lot of ways he becomes gold sonic and he's fucking awesome when he goes godspeed but yeah at this point the art kind of becomes the story of the king actually yeah we get like 10 episodes that's just him trying to figure out why games are awesome and how he can become yeah. the best at them yeah he's waiting for this selection ceremony yeah. and during that time he's bored and he wants he has this voracious no, uh, uh this drive to learn yeah and he gets on a tangent of learning games. Mm-hmm. He learns chess in a day. He has the Royal Guards round up the best chess player in the world for him to play against. 
And after a few games, he beats him. Yeah. And then the chess player, like, freaks out, and he kills him. Uh, mm-hmm. Then he does the same thing with Shogi, and then he does the same thing with Go, and he's like, ah. The guy who did Go, though, was, um, uh, he beats him at, so he plays him a bunch, then he beats him, and he says, come back tomorrow, if you lose again, I kill you. And the guy's like, oh, oh okay. And he goes to a room and hangs himself. Yeah, he's like, you really aren't trying hard enough. I yeah. know. Uh, so they're like, all right. Games are games are whatever, I guess. Are there any more games? Mm-hmm. And Pito goes up and is like, well, she, they're like, well, there's this one game called Gungi, which is a made-up game for the purpose of, of this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically Shogi with, like, an extra rule where you can stack units to change functionally what they do. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, this is the national sport of East Gorto, uh, or it's the national game of East Gorto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, you know the the champion happens to like live down the street in the capital. We can we can get her over here if you want to play it. And it's like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. try this out. And so they introduce this girl Kamugi, mm-hmm. who is she is a grown woman, although mm-hmm. she looks young. Yes, although that doesn't really matter. It doesn't the matter, a, the but, aunt is a child. Yeah, and uh, they're. She she is not drawn to be particularly attractive looking. She's, <laughs> no. uh, well, she's and her story is that she's from a very poor family and she is mistreated by them all. And the only way she can redeem herself in the eyes of the family, she's blind by the way, yep. is by playing this game and winning. Yeah, and because she's blind, she doesn't know that they're freaky ant people. Yep. She just thinks it's. She actually thinks it's the 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 supreme emperor. Yep. And he he tells her, "No, I killed I'm the him. New, yeah, I'm the new. I'm guy. the new guy." And she's like, "Okay." Yeah, you might. All right, I'm cool with it. And the the king we should describe looks like Cell. He looks yeah. like well, like Cell the first Frieza. form Cell. Yeah, a little bit of Frieza in yeah. there, and it's intentional. Yeah. The, um, and I mean his art. I don't care about his art design. All the ants look like what they look like, so that never uh-huh. like weighed on me. I did think it was cool. Um, and I think you said it, he actually said he had he took inspiration from that because he wanted to yep. paint a picture of what this guy is going to be. But they play a lot, and 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 King can't win. Yep. Straight up, can't win. And he's getting better every time he plays, mm-hmm. but so is Komugi. Yeah. And Komugi, the, the the catch with her, and it starts to show it a little bit as time goes on, she has a Nen ability that is indescribable. She doesn't know she has it, no one's taught her it, but she has an aura that happens when she's in the zone. Yeah, and she can basically, even though she can't see the board, she can like understand and remember the position of every unit, all the paths that they could potentially take. Every to game she's ever played. Uh huh. She has to. Yeah, she asks at one point a few episodes later. She's like, "Can I get up and go write this down?" And he's like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Well, in order to remember everything, I need to go note it." Like, and it I, even gets to the point where the king thinks like, "Oh, I've come up with this play that I think can beat her," mm-hmm. and when she sees it, she's like, "Oh." Oh, that's a strategy that I came well, up with. A lot. She starts crying. Yeah, because she's like, to think that someone as smart and kind and loyal and as amazing as you thought of a movie just lowly me thought up. Oh my god. Oh, by the way, I know how to beat it. Here you go. Boop. I won. Yeah, but. <laughs> I know the I know the counter to this move that was it figured out a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. But oh yeah, she's like six years ago. I found this out or something. It was a. It was a. It was. A, but it had been like discre- because she found the counter to it. Mm-hmm. It had been discredited. It's not in any of like the rule books or the history books. So the king reverse engineered that strategy yeah. in a vacuum, and she's just moved by the fact that by himself he was able to come up to the same conclusion yeah. that she did. Um, and they play a lot more. And at one point, the big, the big when they reveal her backstory, the big thing is, uh, King says we're gonna play another, and she says. 
um, okay. And, and he the, says, don't take it easy or I'll kill you. And she's like, well, that's fine. <laughs> well, he, he tries to do uh, a psychological strategy against right. her. He's like, okay, let's, let's put some stakes on this game. Yeah. If you win, I will grant one wish for you. Yeah. If you lose, I take your arm. And she, oh yeah. And she goes, well, can we just play uh, instead how I usually play? And he's like, well, what's that? She says, if you win, you can take my life. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, what kind of mind game? I was trying to trick you, crazy bitch. And he, like, can't believe what she just said. And that's what he gives you. And on the other hand, she's like, well, I don't really think I'd wish for anything. And he's like, okay, so she either fears for her life or desires any. Wait a minute. I just offered this shit. I haven't beaten her at a game. Yeah. And she's not phased. Like, he didn't. He thought that it would phase her to the yeah. point that she wouldn't be focusing on strategy. And he's like, that didn't work. And also, she oh. could have asked me to take my own life if I lost. And, well, I made a big tactical error here. To atone for that, I'm going to tear off my own arm. Yep. And he taught, and the people freak out. Poof loses his mind. Oh, we haven't even talked about Poof. Poof and P2. P2's so. like going to heal him. Um, but it's worth noting that the reason he did that, he talks about. His whole thing is he's trying to learn the way humans think so that he can gain the upper hand because he believes that everyone makes decisions and moves in a flow. And yep. all you have to do to win is disrupt that. And that's his big, like his big like pivotal moment of like i can i can beat anyone now and she throws that out the window she's like oh you're crazy and th- here's the thing that really gets to him he's not even upset about this mm-hmm. like he he keeps losing to her but he he's okay with it he's having a lot of fun and he feels like he shouldn't be okay yeah. with it and and poof's telling him he shouldn't be okay yeah. with it the king should not lose the king should not bow to anyone yada 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 but he refuses to stop playing he's loving the game um, and they do this for a while. I mean, this isn't like a one episode thing. This is like the yeah. king is. This is what he's dedicating. And to. as it, as this is happening, Poof is getting gradually more concerned with him. So Poof's whole thing is that he he's one of the royal guards. He idolizes the king. Yeah, he is almost certainly romantically interested in oh, the king. No question about it. Yeah, but he also has a romantic ideal of what the king should be, and that mm. is perfect yes. in every way, superior at everything. And he's like, oh, well, the king is perfect. Give it a, a bit, a few more hours, he'll win this game. But as it goes on, he starts getting more and more concerned. Yeah, he entertains the idea of killing Komugi, but he's like, "No, if I do that, then the king will be a loser forever." Yeah. Oh, right, because Komugi says that in this game specifically, if you lose, you are basically shunned from Komugi at, at a professional or, level. From Gungi or Gungi, sorry, at a professional level, and uh, you are a loser for life. Mm-hmm. And and you're only a professional till you lose. Yep. Uh, and she's never lost. Mm-hmm. And he's never won. So yep. he's like, all right, I'm going to keep going. Um, it's worth, it, while all this is going, um, every, the plan is unfolding. They're continuing to whittle down forces, which is nice. Because at one point early in the arc, you're like, there is thousands of Chimera ants. There's no way this could change. They do a really good job of, It all the falls background. apart when they become leaderless, really. Yeah, and they do a good job of showing, you know, they're just picking them off. Because there's nothing under control. Some just, of them just choose to stop fighting. Yeah, some of them are done with it. Um, and they make and they make, they make make nice with their lives, I guess, after that. And then you're really down to, like, ten key Chimera Ants, the king, and his royal guard. Mm-hmm. Once you get to this part of the arc, when you're past all the buildup, and Killua's running around disrupting P2's uh, puppets that are rounding up for the selection. He's really disrupting all that. Uh... Gone is is training 
physically, not yep. Nen wise. Knuckle and Shoot are also in there disrupting yep. the ants. They actually come up. They, they all meet together after you know Gon is done with his Nen debt, and the NGL thing comes, and they they come up with this plan, where they are going to be disrupting the royal guards, mm. while Netero goes for the king. Yep, and at this point, Nove has already infiltrated it once. Uh, actually, the only time he infiltrated it was when King removed his own arm, and that's because P2 let her aura down. Because when P2's doing her healing thing, she has to dedicate 100% of her Nen yep. to it and can't do anything else. And so her N, not She aura. can't even move away from it. Yep, she has to stand there. It's attached to her tail. Mm. Uh, their tail. Their tail. Um, and uh, so he, he was able to sneak in at that point, and he saw Poof's aura, who is the weakest of everyone's N. And it scared him blind. It scared him to the point where he could never enter again. His hair goes white. Yeah, because like his student, he's kind of a coward. Yeah. Uh, but he does set up the portals. So the plan is everyone's going to get in there, fucks with the royal guards. That way Netero can come to the king. Unbeknownst to them, Netero had a much different plan at hand. Netero's <laughs> plan was to hire uh, uh, Zeno and Silva, fly in on the dragon, and... Tell, talk King into leaving the battlefield so that they could go fight elsewhere. He didn't predict, predict that Kamugi would be there. Yeah. The King almost gets to the point where Poof convinces him to kill Kamugi, but the King can't go through with it. Yeah, he loses, he gets, he the ant flashes. He has, the King's face completely changes when he's in his, like, bloodlust. Like, mm-hmm. when he's in his, his ant form, gets this weird grin, his teeth are showing, his, uh, it's pretty evil. Uh, but the minute he sees Kamugi getting attacked by birds, he flips a switch and he's like, I have to protect her. She's precious. And he even, like, he regrets, like, the people he killed before. Like, one of the first things he does is eat a child. Yeah. But then he's like, that child could have grown up to be someone, and I feel, like, really bad that I cut that life short yeah. now. Um, so as they... Are we the baddies? <laughs> am I? Am I the bad guy? <laughs> Uh, as they're, so, so let's get to the Russian. They, they rush in to, to start their plan. And right when they start to do it, they realize something's off and it's a goddamn meteor shower coming out of the sky onto the Capitol building. Yep. A massive, and it, the minute Killua sees it, he recognizes it. Oh shit. That's grandpa. And grandpa's bringing down this meteor shower with his dragon form and flying down through it. This is the first show of what Netero is capable of. Flying down through it is Netero like perfect just straight as can be stance like prayer stance and p2 looks up in awe she is or they are so hyped they're freaking ready for a fight they've been asking for a fight this whole time and all netero does is you see his hand move ever so slightly and this massive golden palm hits p2 and they go flying like miles off (laughs) into the woods they, they managed to stop using their healing power because that roots them in place. Right. And that, like, whiplash bungees them back, but not right. all the way. Right. And uh, the, the negative is, and the only reason King agrees to go away is because the meteor strike hits Kamugi and almost kills her. And King, the minute uh, 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 Zeno and Netero walk in and see King like that, King is in no mood to play. His aura is all evil. He picks up Kamugi and walks her over and lays her down. Nefer P2 makes it back and he says, okay, heal her. Nothing else. You're going to heal her. Let's go. And Netero, Zeno, and King walk out. Netero, or, uh, Zeno summons the dragon, which flies them away to, a, to a, a, a testing site that they're both aware of. And he walks off and they kill Chitu, which and is Zeno, awesome. Zeno and Killua have a little moment where they're just like, hey, 
Well, he so, sees him. Yeah, yep. he sees him, and he just goes, "That's not what you'd expect." Or, or what does he say? Um, I don't know what this is about. Or he says something to Killua that sets Killua sideways. Um, uh, it's about Gon, isn't it? Uh, like, no. So Gon is like in a serious mode, yeah. and uh, uh, Zeno is basically referencing the fact that yeah, there's a royal guard in there, but they're healing someone. Yeah. Okay. It, it, he says something like, "Oh yeah, yeah," and he's Killua's like, "Wait a minute, healing someone? A, yeah, a human." Yeah, so they walk in, gone sees Neferpitu, and immediately goes full gone. I really like this yeah. scene. I think that this scene is probably this arc's equivalent of the... Um, Badass uh, world government. No, war. no, it's oh. the Usopp thing. Oh, yeah, okay, probably. Because um, gone is now standing over Neferpitu, mm-hmm. who is helpless because when they use their healing power, they can't do anything right. else. Not and Gon's aura is doing weird black and white flashy stuff. And... You know, Pito's been in control of every pretty much every scene they've been in. Mm-hmm. But in this point, like, Gon completely overpowers them. Mm-hmm. And Pito is like, I have to do this. The king wants me to, to save this girl. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly care about her, but I care about what the king cares about. Right. And because he cares about her, I'm not going to stop healing even to defend myself. So please, just give me some time to heal her. I'll do whatever you want afterwards. Like, I'll, I'll prove how sincere I am. And they break their arm. Yeah. And it's, like, begging. And it, and Gon is just dispassionately, like... I don't care. I I don't give a shit. You you killed Kite. Kite is important. How dare yeah. you? He does the thing he did to the troop. Yeah. yeah. Like, how can you claim any sort of, like, honor here? You're a terrible person who did terrible things. I don't give a shit about what you think is right with this girl. But Killua talks him down. But there's a little bit of there's a little bit of hypocrisy in what Gon's doing here mm-hmm. because Gon mentions straight up that if you won't fight me, I'll just kill that girl. I yeah. will kill that innocent girl so that you fight me. Yeah, it's a and the, very much it's very much what he called Crollo out for. How can you kill someone who is yeah. innocent if they have nothing to do with you? Well, Gon can because he feel because he feels like getting his way is more important than whether this girl who he doesn't know. And he's, eyes. he's actually said something about that earlier. Uh, I don't remember if it was Greed Island or Chimera Ant about how he hasn't always been fair to Killua. Mm-hmm. About how his wants have pushed them in a direction that maybe he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like the peak and of that. This isn't like this isn't like Gon is a sociopath or anything. No. No, Gon is a child. Yeah. He has an idea of right from wrong. He has an idea of morality. Mm-hmm. But the immediate needs and his immediate goals will supersede that and he'll make bad decisions. Yes. And that's what's going on here. And Killua is shocked by this and trying to talk him down. And it's a very uncomfortable scene. Yeah, and he, he ends up very subtle because he even talks about how if he pushes it too far, he'll lose gone forever. Mm-hmm. If I say the wrong thing or I try to talk him down, he'll be done with me forever. Um, but he does convince him and Gon says, okay, you have one hour. And then after that, End we're immediately going to go heal Kite. Yeah, we're out of here. You're going where I need you to go and we'll do it. Um, and it's a really intense scene. Gon never wavers on that at all. He literally sits down. His aura is glowing at all times and he's full serious. Um, Meanwhile, the rest of the capital is under complete disarray. Yeah, the other royal guards are fighting other people. Yuppie is never not in a fight during. Yuppie's the third royal guard. He's not actually that interesting, but he looks cool. Yeah, Devil Man. He, he's yeah. a red dude who can make his body have forms that 
he otherwise he has like complete body control. Yeah, he can he can grow limbs, he can grow eyes. He can. It, it's assumed he's from some uh, magical beast. Mm-hmm. The world does have magical beasts outside of the Chimerian, so it's assumed he's from one of them. Yep. Um, Poof is from like a butterfly, and and Pitu's from a cat, but he's from something else entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is okay. Pitu starts off super lame. I remember I actually wrote it down in my notes um, that he was um, kind of one dimensional and pointless. Because at that point, before his big fight with Knuckle, he was. He was a nothing character who did nothing. P2 got the focal point, and Poof got all the conversation points. So Yuppie was... uh... Yuppie was nothing. And then after that fight scene where he starts to get mad, and he starts to realize how to balance emotions, and he understands what his Nen is, and... And that is kind of the point, Mm because Yuppie's thing is that he's all about duty. Right. He uh, doesn't really care about anything other than effectively serving the king. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is only when he finally is forced to interact with humans that he starts to awaken to human emotion mm. and decides that along with duty, he also really values honor. Yes. Uh, and in that, so he's fighting, he's fighting. He is trying to kill, by the way, at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> but throughout the fight as it evolves and there's people basically sacrificing themselves for It's each very other. much like Eni's Lobby where the fights are kind of bleeding together yeah. and people will crash into other fights. And... Yeah. Um, Mel... Uh, Melaron, who we haven't talked about yet, is a chameleon guy whose power... He was a squad leader. Yep. His power is one of the most powerful in all of this, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, He can, when holding his breath, completely erase his existence from your perception. But unfortunately, he's a chronic smoker, and his lung capacity is not that great. Very small, yeah. So you won't see, smell, hear, or even feel. If you touch him, you won't even feel that he's there. Even if he punches you, you'll just be like, I got hit by something, but I have no idea what or where it came from. Yep. Um, He's in this mix, and uh, the big thing is that he has uh, Meryl on the ropes, and he is about to kill him, and Knuckles says... I will give you anything you want to not kill him. And he says, remove this little chapter seven bankruptcy, remove APR from me and I'll spare him and I'll fight you. Knuckles like, you got it. Takes it away. Um, And it's that moment of honor for you are willing to die for him that he's like, I respect you both. I'm way stronger than you both, but you can live. And he walks off. This is after a lot. We're moving like fast. out of respect. It's fine because yeah. it moves fast at this point. Yeah, that that's what the pacing I talked about when we started Chimera Ant Talk. The pacing is a little weird because right now we're zooming. It, just like Ennis Lobby, we're zooming. It zooms, but it's also slow yeah. at, at the same time. And that's mostly because there's a lot of mind games going on between everyone. Poof thinks he has the upper hand. Yuppie's going through a lot of self-discovery. Killua has a lot of issues with Gone. Like, Shoot died, as far as we're concerned. He didn't, but Shoot's basically dead. Um, King is off with Netero. Fuck all this stuff. Let's just talk about Netero and King. Yeah, all right. Netero and King is the best scene in Crimea Antarch. Maybe not the best moment, maybe not the most impactful, but the fight styles, the art, the conversation, no, the implications. I have to agree. They broke oh. out the budget for this thing. Oh, my Like, this God. is getting on the level of this could be a feature film. Yeah. You learn what Netero's power is, and they give his backstory, the coolest backstory in the history of the history. Um, his power is... He stood in a field for two years straight, praying and punching, and it used to, at the start of it, it would take him an entire day to do it. By the end, he got it done in under an hour to throw 1,000 prayer punches. Mm -hmm. Um, And the implication is he basically just mastered martial arts and, like, zen nature. He is the most good at punching in the world. You you cannot be more in control of your 
fight style than he is. And he replicates this through his Nen by summoning a golden god statue, and his motion causes the statue to react in a specific way. And, yeah, he has to put his hands together in prayer first. Mm -hmm. Um, No, he doesn't actually have to put his hands together. He just has to pray. They make that as a point. Yeah, well, because the point out is uh, when he's fighting King, King doesn't stand a chance speed-wise, but King gets the upper hand via the development of him learning rhythms and like and 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 patterns and he knows exactly when to do the right thing because it's mostly just netero reacting to his enemy and making what he hopes is the right call and he's so good at it that usually he gets it right and the, throughout this whole thing they're having like a conversation about humanity and how the king's basically done a 180 on it he respects yeah. humanity he likes them he wants to foster their growth he believes that humans are their own worst enemy yeah. and he believes that he can help them with that at first it may seem cruel what he's trying to do but he needs to protect humans from themselves and he sees no reason they can't come to a reasonable agreement on this and netero has a wonderful reaction to that he literally says if I keep listening to him talk, I might change my mind. I have to finish this now. And he starts doing crazy attacks. Because, yeah, I mean, what King is saying is right. There's countries, there's division, there's hatred, there's genocide amongst humans. Like, there's all this atrocity we commit on ourselves. He can stop all that. But to get there, he has to do some pretty crazy stuff. So, Netero starts going wild. Starts attacking. And it looks very intense and King points out that his move has one major flaw for any other human being. He has to put his hands together. Netero does it so fast that even King can't perceive it. And he's thinking like, okay, there are there are easier ways you could have gotten to this without having to do the hand thing. Uh-huh. The fact that he worked so hard to incorporate the hand thing yeah. in it means this dude's kind of nuts and yeah. i like him the discipline and the like passion of his nature is what makes him a fucking god so by the end of this uh the king really respects netero yeah. he doesn't want to kill him but he takes his arm and leg yep. the same ones from the game earlier yep. and he does it via like i said he he never is faster than netero he figures out the pattern and he, disrupts the flow. Yeah, he figures out the pattern, and he is—he understands that Netero is working off of educated guesses of what the best move is. And by the nature of probability, one of these times, I'll catch him up. And he does twice. He gets a leg and he gets an arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even says, like, God, I can't beat this guy without doing it this way. And Netero unleashes his—Netero points out, like, all right, fuck, I got to do my final move. And he does this— Without an arm, without an leg, he does this pose, and it summons the god whose mouth opens wide and shoots like an a, a energy blast onto King. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else you'd call it, you know, but it's it's yeah, it's an energy blast. He's firing his laser. Yeah, he's firing a laser beam, and it it's massive, and it it destroys. It puts a hole in the ground, and everything. It and hurts the king, but it does not kill him. It's the first time you see King walk out of it. His skin's all like tattered. His armor's kind of broken. His face is a little, and he's just like I can't believe you did that and the camera moves to netero Uh, who is lost much like we'll see in a little bit with with gone he used the entirety of his life force on that attack Mm -hmm. and for someone as strong as netero to use that much power and king just walks out of it so this is where we get the bit of the flip this is where we get that classic togashi swerve Mm -hmm. is the king comes out and he's like hey look I'm really sorry it had to come to this. What I've learned from this fight so much is that 
I really respect you, and I respect humans, and I, like, I you you can't understand the depth of my admiration for you. Mm. And Netero's like, no, you've got it all wrong. <laughs> humans are way more fucked up than you think. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you want to know how I know? Let me show you something. And he explain. I think he actually tells him about the bomb real quick. Um, but what it is is, uh, you know, it's literally just an, an allegory to it's a, nuke. a nuclear bomb in, in, in mankind and how in our, like, pretend, let's say in real life, we had kept dropping bombs after uh, World War II. He's talking about how that happened and the UN had no choice but to, like, literally take bombs from everyone and just say, no, you can't have anything. Mm-hmm. Not just, like, an X amount. Like, you can't have anything. And it's the Rose Bomb. Yeah, the, uh, what was it? The... Small Rose or something like that. Oh, the official name? I don't remember. Yeah. The uh, Blooming Rose. It's something Rose. And he's like, this is how fucked up we are. This is what I have to beat you. And King goes, oh, it's you that's had me in checkmate this whole time. This wasn't a last resort. This was was the weapon. Yeah. Netero just decided to try his way and... And did what he could to make sure that the king was isolated in uh, Dragon Ball Z canon instead of in the capital where it would kill everyone. Exactly. But the the world, the powers that be in the world at large were perfectly willing to let the city and a whole bunch of innocent people die if it could get the king. And Netero shoves his hand into his chest because the bomb is triggered to his heartbeat. When Uh his heartbeat stops, the bomb goes off. And King sees, this is like my favorite image. King sees Netero's face, the look on his face, which is like a laughter, like, wow, this is fucking fun, is mm. basically. But behind him, his aura is showing the intent of death. You only see it twice in the entire anime, with him and then with Gon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Netero is legitimately terrified at the... Or, uh, uh, Meruem, is, the king, is legitimately terrified at the sight of it. The bomb goes off, turns everything into magma, kills everybody. Well, them too. Yep. Now, Poof and P2 are on their way. Uh, Poof and UP. P2 Poof, is, yeah. with, is with Gone right now. Right. She finished the healing. They uh, uh, Oh, they finished the healing, <laughs> so and, and Gone says, let's fucking go. And uh, uh, while, they're, while they're, they're headed out there, uh, Poof and UP, they get there. They find a dead king who is turned into a stone baby. No arms, no legs, tiny yep. little thing. And they feed themselves to the king. And they give, Most of themselves. Right. Uh, like three quarters, I think they say, or seven eighths or something. They say a, a, yeah. a ratio. They feed themselves to the king, which revitalizes him and gives him There's the some real Christ them. imagery in here. The dumbest scene. You can do this without... I don't know why this... I don't... Okay. King being reborn via eating his servants is awesome. The idea that he gets their their thoughts and, and, and they're kind of fusing together is awesome. The, the idea that that's the only way to revive the dead or almost dead king, also awesome. The imagery of, like, a mother god feeding the baby and the love they share and the crying guards and... Get that out of my face. It's 100% just to make a Christ allegory here, I'm pretty sure. No doubt about it. this is the same guy who names a character Crollo Lucifer, so I feel like he likes to have that religious imagery sprinkled throughout, and it's it's basically just a personal touch. Cut it. Cut that goddamn scene. I don't need it. But King wakes up, has no memory, and Poof is like, 
Ah, oh, there's a chance here. Yeah, I you... can I can co- course correct the king yeah. to be- being what he was going to be before he met Komugi. Yeah, and he starts immediately starts skeeving, and he's like, "I can do this, and I can do that. I can yeah. plan this conversation. But I need to he get." Has, he has the ability to basically split himself into little clones of himself, yeah. and the clones aren't very strong, but they can they can act. They can he can make them do things on his behalf. Yeah. And he can see through them and all that. And Kamugi's just a normal person, so she's not hard to kill. Right. She's already sickly. So, so his ideal is set, get there before them, kill her, tell P2 that this is the right thing to do. And then just never tell the king that mm-hmm. he ever met her. And this is where it starts to unravel because the king feels something wrong, something off. He knows he doesn't have his memories. He's very gradually recalling things, yeah. and things can trigger him to have... Yeah, Mem- flashes of memory. Um, such as they don't look the same as what he knows they look like. Yuppie and Poof look different than this. What's going on? And he can kind of tell that he can kind of share Yuppie and Poof's thoughts. Yeah. But he doesn't know what Poof is trying to do. He mostly he, feels their emotions. Yeah. All, all, and all he feels from Poof is loyalty. Yeah. Because in Poof's mind, this is not a betrayal of the king. Right. Because the king he serves is not actually the king, but an idealized version of the king. Right. Um, and his plan just piece by piece falls apart, one thing after another. For example, P2 is nowhere to be found. They can't get a hold of P2. Yeah, because um, Gon has, she, she, uh, P2 did save Komugi. Yep. And then Gon was like, all right, come back to my place, yep. you're gonna heal Kite now. Yeah, it'll be faster if we run. They run there, they walk in, Kite's standing there, and he says, heal him. And P2, so this is where we're not sure if she wouldn't have been able to heal him or not, definitely wouldn't have been able to, um... Because P2 gets uh, a call. What is, she, what, what is What happens to P2? They get a call from... Yes. Poof. Yeah, they get a call from Poof, who's faking the voice of Kamugi, and says, I'm healthy and I'm fine and everything's okay. So P2 thinks in their brain immediately, like, okay, well, my fucking job's done. I don't have to do anything anymore. So P2 tells Gon, I'm sorry, bro. Kite's dead. There's nothing I can do. You know, I'm pretty sure we know 100% that... Uh, by this point, you know, based on the evidence, Pito cannot bring back the dead. Probably not. No, no, not at all. But she didn't say that, or they didn't say that until they knew for certain that what happened didn't matter back home anymore. Yeah, no, that's true. But we also know that Pito's big thing is empathy. Yeah. And they mention in that moment, they're like, you know what? Even the narrator's like, in that moment, Pito, you know, out of some degree of empathy toward Kite and his situation, decided to be truthful. Right. So, um, And when that happens, Gon loses it. He, It's the awesome imagery I've well, seen a million it's, times. It's really sad because he tries to hold on to that optimism as much as possible because, you know, now that the shackles are off, Pito starts trying to heal themselves so they can get ready to kill Gon. Right. And Gon's trying to, oh, no, no, maybe, maybe they're still away. Maybe yeah. maybe after their arm is healed, they're going to, they're going to heal Kite. Oh, yeah, he gives It's, uh, it's really Pitu, sad. He gives Pito the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to help. And uh-huh. he's like, oh, God. And then when Pito reveals, like, all right, I guess I'm going to attack now. Gon loses his mind. Again, out of like some kind of pity and empathy for Gon, instead of just k- turning around and killing him, mm-hmm. actually he's like, okay, now I understand yeah. that I mean, Komugi on, cool. is, is safe now, so we're, we're going to have this fight out. Yeah. And Gon's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he says to himself, I don't care what it takes. If this is my last, if, this, if I have to use everything, I will. And the power level shoots through the roof. You get the imagery of the black and white demon face mm-hmm. on Gon. 
Um, and then it shows him standing there, like, six foot six. He looks like an adult version of himself, completely yeah. ripped. Yeah, his clothes is all tiny because he's wearing kid Gohan's clothes. His hair is through the roof. And Killua says, like, he's aged decades. Like, we're not sure how old he is. And in this in this world, Nen keeps you a certain age if you're really good at it. So, yeah, he could be, like, 70. We don't know how long he's jumped forward But in this time. is not played as a triumphant moment. This is this is a horrific and sad moment. Yeah. Because Killua arrives too late. Yeah. So he's gone in this state. And both him and Pito immediately know, in order to do this, he had to give up everything. Yeah. Because one thing about Nen is you can put a condition on it to make yep. it stronger. We talked about this with Chitu and all yep. that. In order to realize his potential to this point, the condition for this must have been... Death. Yeah. It had to have been. I am going to use this power, then die. Yeah. Because the imagery of him transforming was very similar to that of Netero sacrificing his life. I mean, it was like the same sort of aura. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pito is even like glad because yeah. as... Gone is smashing Pito to pieces. Well, first, first he says, "Let's go outside." Like yep. he's like, "Not here." I don't want to break this place up because yeah. you know this is where Kite. This yeah. this is the place where Kite died. Do me, it's too important. Yeah, uh, and then when he's outside, it takes seconds. I mean, yeah, Nefer P two never stood a chance. Not a yeah. not a chance. Uh, it's extremely brutal. Mm-hmm. You, you get to see P two very smashed up by yeah. Gone. Uh, punches her or them. Kicks them, uh, uh, breaks their limbs, tosses them against a tree. Nefropitus says, like, um, you know what? Thank God I'll die because this guy won't make if it. If he'd use this on the king, yeah. the king might have been in trouble. Yeah. So I'm glad that someone this strong decided to blow this on me instead yeah. of the king. And then uh, in a one final go while Gon is looking at Killua, Nefropitu dashes at Gon with her hands forward, and Killua pushes Gon just a little bit and it takes Gon's arm clean off. Just And Gon's like, that's okay. I deserve this. Now I'm just like Kite. Yeah, and Gon starts... His rock power starts building up around his arm. The Well, the arm that's not there. Well, yeah. he No, he takes the arm. Oh, yeah. Catches it. Jams it through Pito's body. Right. And then, through the arm that's not there... Charges up a, a, a oh. massive Nen blast. Yep. And Killua looks at him and says no. And I think he says it just in the in the nick of time because Gon, Gon says something really really dead voice like goodbye or this is yeah, it. This or, is this is the this is the end here. Yeah. Again, Gon. So Gon completely blames himself for what happened to Kite because yeah. he believes that if Kite hadn't been there mm-hmm. or if Gon hadn't been there holding Kite back then Kite would have been able yeah. to survive Kite wouldn't have lost an arm fought at full power it would have been a better fight. so he very like solemnly and very sadly just explains to Killua there's there's no like manicness there's no madness in this and he's like it's okay yeah I deserve to die yeah and then uh Killua yells and Gon looks at him for one last second and the explosion goes off yeah, and like Killua just seeing Gon, who is someone he's looked up to and wanted to protect and all of this, just completely lose himself here is just absolutely heartbreaking. It's a solemn scene, yeah. and it's oh, it's and, probably the best scene in this entire arc. And the last you ever get from it is um, uh, uh, who we haven't gotten to talk about and we're not going to get to talk about is Palm. She's looking for them, and it's just Killua walking out of the forest with Gon on his back. Mm-hmm. A, a, a young Gon, a, a small Gon. Um, which is so depressing. But let's just talk about... Uh, I, the I, very end? Yeah, the, the death of, of King. Yes. So King has come back. 
But as it turns out, him, Poof, and Yupi are all suffering from advanced radiation poisoning. And because of the fast nature of chimera ants' growth, it will it's kill them at an accelerated dramatically rate. quicker. Yeah, and they show up by, like, having nosebleeds. And King, uh, who does he see it through? He sees it through... He does learn his name. His name is Meruem. Oh, he learns it in the fight with Netero, which is a very good moment. It's uh-huh. how Netero gets King to agree to fight him mm-hmm. um, by saying, I'll tell you your name. Um, Meruem, uh, he learns uh, through a person about his fate. I can't remember. Palm. Does he learn it through Palm? Yeah, he learns it when using Poof's power of of like emotion listening because Poof's, one of Poof's net abilities is he can sense the thoughts of those around him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he realizes through Palm, who has cool like medium powers, I'm dying uh, and I'm gonna die and I have no choice. So while he's on his murderous tirade back in the city, he realizes very early on before he gets to actually start killing everyone, Oh, well, I guess everything I thought is no longer real. Um, what do I do with my remaining time? Yeah, he's like, oh, I, I guess I'm not a god yeah. because I I am going to die very yeah. soon. Poof, di- or uh, Yuppie dies unceremoniously off camera, uh, unfortunately, because the radiation takes him out. Yep. He has the he he's he's so broken down. He's seven eighths of what he should be. Let's go with that fraction. Yep. And um, he's going to stop. Uh, the dirtbag, the jellyfish, and and a couple people from escaping. Poof, uh, Poof tries desperately to get him to reject Komugi, but ultimately he doesn't. Yeah. But he do- when he finally remembers about Komugi, he also doesn't reject Poof, and he's like, "No, I'm no. It's it's all over. I, I'm sorry. And Poof but says, I'm no longer. I, I respect you. I respect your way of life. But I'm no longer your king. And Poof says, uh, "No, I'm to blame for this. Kill me." Kill me now. Like, I'm sorry I accept responsibility for deceiving you over and over. But at that point, the, it's too far. Yeah, understated. it's understated, but Poof's end is actually really tragic, too, because his loyalty to the ideal king has mm-hmm. basically become a madness. Yeah. And he basically, like, when given the chance to be free of that, can't even consider taking it. Yeah. And he basically just dies lamenting the loss of a king that never really existed. Yeah. And... and Meruem, King, on the other hand, it's also kind of said that he is able to walk away from his people as easily as he does, but it's for a very good reason. He he realizes that if he is going to die, there's only one way he wants to go out, and that's with Kamugi at his side. Mm-hmm. Well, not at his side. Actually, no. It's playing one last game with Kamugi. Yep. So he finds her. He says, let's play. And she's like, oh my god, of course. Thank you. I'm happy you came back. And after they play a few games, he tells her, I'm sick and I'm dying. And it's very contagious. I'm very radioactive right now. Yeah, and he's like, you will survive if you leave now. And Kamugi, of course, is like, "Um, I've never met anyone like you. I've never played a game like this with anyone. I'm staying and I will be here with you. And that alone is sad, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty bummer. They're doing a very notebook ending and I'm ready to feel sad. They didn't have to include... I'm very tired. I'm going to lay down for a nap, Kamugi. <laughs> Please, just will you be here when I wake up? Kamugi being like, yes, I, I will. I, I We will play. As soon as you wake up, we'll play another game. Like, you don't need to include that. <laughs> you don't need to say that. Oh, it was so sad, dude. And it's the, it's the perfect ending to that arc. The way, which is why I wish the next episode never had happened. That's the way you end an arc right there. Just freaking cut, curtain call. It was beautiful. Don't get me wrong, the ending in next, we'll talk about that. 
it was a, a way of uh, subverting expectations like we continually talk about with Yosh. Um, it's a way of telling a story in a very unique way without requiring your main character to go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And it's also a way to, you know, pull at the heartstrings. Emotion's a big part of storytelling. Mm-hmm. To have that man not be redeemed, mind you. Neither of us are saying he was redeemed as a villain. But to give him a going out that's fit for his life, which was not a good one. Um, oh, man. Brutal. But the the real sad thing about it is that, you know, when the king did bad things, he was essentially a baby. Mm. When the king came to understand things like morality, he chose to be a good person. Yeah. And that's, that's what he stuck with. The king, much like the people that he realized that he was wrong for killing, mm. had potential that was cut short. Right. And it was cut short by human invention. Yeah, not even by Nen, not even by fighting ability. It was due to a dirty bomb, a, a radioactive monstrosity that human beings are capable of creating. Mm-hmm. It's it's ah, it's ridiculous. It's it's cynical in 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 its own way. It's mm-hmm. very like you know humans are the real bastard, but in yeah. a different in a different way than it's usually played. Yeah, in a very tragic sort of way. Yeah. There's there's still an optimism about it that we have the ability to be better than this. Yeah, but in this moment. In this very, like, flawed and human moment, we weren't. And oh. that's, it's just sad for everyone involved. Yeah. And that, I think, is the real reason why this arc is dark, not how many people die. Yeah, I don't mind. That. It's just body horror. I'll take body yeah. horror any day of the week. Um, the final episode, there's only one more episode after that, and I it's it's a big fault on the arc as a whole, but it's, it's very quick. Um, it basically wraps up in telling you um, Gone is hospitalized, and they're not sure if he's going to be okay. Because he's fucked He'll up. He'll probably never wake up. Right. He's probably a vegetable forever. A lot of the ants are going out on a journey. Wolfen, who we didn't get to talk about, um, he's going in search of uh, his human memory best friend, who is also a chimera ant. Uh, Gyro, who we talked about. Um, you end up with uh, uh, um, Meryl telling uh, some of the chimera ants, like, hey, now that we've reached this understanding, like the fact that everyone was able to talk this out, <laughs> uh, you guys are being classified as magical beasts. As long as you don't try to make a kingdom, we're cool. Everybody's cool. Um, and you get, oh, and, and the big reveal at the end. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was any other giveaways. I don't think so. It spent a lot of time on Wolfen and Bravado. And that's okay. More than it should have. But whatever, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge it at this moment. It's really driving home the fact that you know if they so choose, certain yeah. chimera ants are basically their human selves again. Yeah. They can remember the moment when they died, but they can just pick their human life back up after having been a chimera ant. Yeah. It happens with them. It happens with Palm, who gets turned into an ant. Yep. Uh, there's a there's a big one that I I don't like, and it's um, how quick the the switch is flipped for oh that's in election arc. Never mind. That's in the we're not going to worry about because I'm not going to judge Chimera Ant for it. Um, but yeah, so the, so the very uh, end of it though is um, Colt is watching after his little sister baby, and he thinks you know he's going to raise her and be good, and he's on the phone with Meryl, and he's like, "Hey, this child's cool and all, pretty active little little wild uh, kind of a troublemaker, <laughs> yeah, kind of a firecracker over here." But I got a problem. She keeps saying her name is Kite, and Meryl's face drops, and he's like. Oh, go to gone, go to gone. They like take off and run to gone, and um, that's the end of it. You don't get to see them tell gone or anything like that. Which is a that is a very cool ending. I'm not like pleased with the whole like it's a it's literally a human, 
Um, but yeah, it but was cool. I, I'm okay with the fact that Kite is now going to he's going to live, but he is now going to live as a woman. As a woman, and he does age quick, uh, obviously like a chimera ant would. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was cool. I'm cool with that. That was a very fun reveal at and the they, end. And they do later explain that oh, the the reason that he might have lived was because the the last weapon he summoned, which was a wand, is a weapon that he only summons in desperation when it's yeah. life or death, and it ensures that he won't die. And oh yeah, it's worth pointing out. And this is a big uh, gotcha by by Yosh. Uh, Kite's power is it's a gambling machine that summons a number one through nine or zero through nine. It's one through nine. Uh, one through nine, and each one's a different weapon with a very specific use, and you get to see two of them before he's dead. Yep. Uh, both of them two times. You never get to see anything else. Yep. Um, but yeah, they point out uh, uh, in the election arc, uh, Jing talks about it, um, or not Jing. Yeah, it is Jing. Jing talks about yep. it. Um, there is a specific weapon he summons when he knows it's life or death, and it basically means he can't die. It's like, until that thing fulfills its purpose, he still lives. So that's like maybe his Nen spirit was what carried through. Yeah, I bet it's explained more later, but the 2011 anime doesn't get there. Exactly. So, um, so we'll get to that later. But no, all in all, Chimera Antarch's incredible. Mm. It, it really is very good. Uh, pacing issues for me aside, uh, it has insanely cool character development it has insanely good fights all of the fights are excellent every single one of them and if you're if you're worried about the dark tone it ends on don't worry the election art bounce bounces yeah, back to optimism tosses it you get to see leorio punch jing freaks in the face <laughs> what more could you want that's like the best moment um it, it definitely bounces back in a big way i think all all in all i said this at the beginning i'm just going to reiterate it now it's not even my favorite arc in hunter hunter though that would either be Zoldak or York New, right? I will I will go back on the technicality that Zoldak is the exam arc. Zoldak is the exam arc. That's fine. In that case, it's York New. Um, but if not York New, then yes, it's the Zoldak mini arc. Uh, that's not to say it's not... Like, if if, 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 if York New is a 10, Chimera is a 9.8 or a 9.9. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying it's worse, but... So, while the Chimera Ant arc stands on its own very well and is a pretty actually simple story when it comes down to it there is so much going on in terms of like the theming and the symbolism that we have made this into a three-hour podcast and it could go longer we had to skip there's a lot of things that we're not talking about my two of my favorite we did this at work our top threes two of my favorite characters we didn't get to talk about ikago and palm those guys are awesome. Uh, Maleron was barely a footnote, and he's pretty yeah. great. Wolfen and Bravado were a massive moment at the end of the arc. Um, we didn't get to talk about Poof's powers at all. We didn't get to talk about uh, Yuffie's transformation for understanding his anger. There's so much in that, and it's only 60 episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Water 7 in his lobby was 110 or something. Like, or maybe it wasn't quite that long. It's close, though. It's close. Though. Yeah. It's like on 90 its, episodes. On its own, it's as long as Hunter Hunter is, but um, <laughs> it, it really is a special arc. I understand why people like it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna insult Chimera Ant any farther than, like, my nitpicks. Like, it is, it's, it's incredible. I was gonna say flawless, but I have to take that back. It is incredibly well done. And the Yosh man knows how to tell a good story. No question about it. Um, I'll start with my favorite moment in the entirety of it is the stupidest one, and I actually think it doesn't make that much sense in character, but it is when uh, Killua, after using the entirety of his godspeed power, which is when he charges himself with electricity, pulls a wire out of the wall and recharges himself himself with the electricity of the building. 
I thought that was the most funniest thing because it, it doesn't, it's not used for comedic effect. It's also not used as like a desperation moment. It's just a side note that he's literally holding onto a cable. I want to say that in spite uh, of the dark themes of this arc, it doesn't ever quite let the levity go away. There's always some silly stuff going on. Yeah. Um, it, it's not humorless. A lot of, and, and I think a lot of that is what like Knuckle brings to the party. Because mm. your main characters are going so through so much, you need other people to step up. Um, Palm adds a lot of hilarity before she gets turned. Um, a lot of the ants are very silly and Maleron stupid. and Nicalgo can be pretty goofy. Nicalgo's awesome. I love him. Yeah. There is a lot of brevity in it um, mixed in. Yeah, for sure. I like that part of it a lot, too. Um, what's your favorite moment? Uh, I think, I mean, it, if it's not the Netero fight, because yeah. the Netero fight is really good, especially the good. ending of it. Uh, I think it is probably the confrontation, Gon's first confrontation with Neferpeja. The walk-in while she's healing? Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's a landmark point in that show. And it does set up for when you're going to see him go crazy. You know he's going to, even if stuff gets fixed, like he's on the edge. Yeah, that's a very scene. Um, I also very, very much like, like we said earlier, the introduction of APR. That was a, uh, yeah. that was fun as hell. And you know, going forward, when Gon does recover, because of course he does, it's a shonen yeah. anime. He's yeah. not going to be out forever. Yeah. But when he does recover, while he's bounced back to his normal cheery, optimistic self, you do get the uh, feeling, especially in his interactions with Jing, that this is a more mature Gon yeah. who now has a more nuanced understanding of the world around him. Yeah. He's in control, and he is aware that his he. I I feel like, and this could just be projecting. I feel like he's aware of what his Nen is capable of. Because before, every time his punch got a little bit stronger, he bounced out of it as like, wow, that was crazy, huh? Mm -hmm. I feel like now, when we get to see him fight again in the future, because even the election arc, you don't, it's going to be a much different interaction. It's mm -hmm. not just going to be, I'm going to charge it up and then do a dash and punch. Um, I'm excited to see that. And much like post and his lobby, there's a lot that goes on in the election arc, too. Yeah. I don't think we have time to even talk about Alucard. No, <laughs> no, we're going to call it there. Um, but yeah, uh, all in all, I give it I, I give it a very a very solid 10 out of 10 for an arc. I, <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I liked Hunter x Hunter as a whole more than I thought I would. Um, I, know, I know Kyle specifically liked to point out, I was being aggressively nitpicky of it, and I think that was with good intentions, especially because it helped me get understandings of stuff I didn't understand without just stewing on it. Um, so I was very nitpicky, but... Here's the thing that I've noticed about Hunter x Hunter, and mm -hmm. even some of Hunter x Hunter's biggest fans. Because Hunter x Hunter is driven by a very different engine than yeah. One Piece. Um, so One Piece fans are always hype about One Piece. Yeah. And they, they'll say that One Piece is, ranges from good to great. Yeah. Hunter x Hunter fans, all, for everyone I've talked to about it, seems to be very... Uh, Aware of its flaws. Yeah. There are there are points where Hunter Hunter is imperfect. There are things that Hunter Hunter does that are odd that are like, oh, I don't know if I'd have liked this or this is and if you go to the manga, some of it's not even drawn all that yeah, well. Yeah. I I went to some of those pages. It's a real mess. Um but but Hunter Hunter fans like it not so much in spite of its flaws, but because of its flaws. Yeah. Like in a way, they make it very unique. It, yeah, it's it's rough around the edges, but without that roughness, I don't think it would set itself apart as well as it does. Yeah, I'd agree. It it it, it balances the line of removing the fluff without losing important mm -hmm. details. It balances like the keeping it trim line very well. And when it comes to like really honing in on his themes, 
Togashi is amazing at it. Oh, gotcha. When he wants to convey his themes, his he's he's definitely a bit more of a cynical person than mm. than most mm. who would write shonen. But there, he's not completely pessimistic. Right. Gon, uh, even at his worst, is always considered a good person. He is a, an admirable person. His best traits are something we should aspire to, but he is flawed and human, and we need to understand that. That's yeah. I I I have nothing else to say that we haven't already said. Mm. Um, it's very good. Obviously, we're going to check it out because on next episode we are going to be pitting specifically Chimera Ant with more. Well, we can talk about a few pieces we skipped today versus Water Seven and this lobby. Which I mean, shit. I'd be willing to just do Chimera Ant versus Water Seven, but that's not a fair fight because it it just they they merge in weird ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, we will come away with which one is quote unquote the better arc mm-hmm. we said we would even if we say they're different because they are even if they say they accomplish great things in a in a in a much more unique way which they do doesn't matter we will definitively at the end say which one we think is the better arc uh-huh and it's gonna be incredible uh so any final words um no um check that out when it comes out thank you for staying with us through three hours. I hope you took a break, but we did. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. These are both very long. We have spent collectively five hours talking about anime. I know, the ideal... And we still did not cover everything that you... You know what? If I'm going to give any final words, and I'll say this again at the end of the uh, comparison, you owe it to yourself to watch both of these series. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't care that... Uh, Hunter Hunter's 100 episodes... One Piece, there's so many episodes... No, no. Watch One Piece. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't watch it, One Piece, try reading the manga. I know a lot of people bounce off the anime. The anime has pacing issues. We yeah. didn't even get into it. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to the comparison. Yeah. But, yeah, if you bounce off the anime, read the manga. Yeah. Just, you and need it goes, to experience both of these stories. It goes much faster. It goes much mm-hmm. faster. Um, yeah, so until next time in the Tournament of Arcs, I am Kevin. I'm DJ. And thanks for listening. You're doing the Netero Prey thing right now. I always you, do you the You did that right before you thing. punched that button. Over here we have the man of the machine.